Morning. Today we have the feeding of the 5,000 from John chapter 6, verses 1 uh, to 14. Sorry. Um, the feeding of the 5,000 is one of the great miracles of the of Christ. It's uh, included in all four Gospels. One of the very few miracles, one of the very few anything that's included in all four of the Gospels, except, of course, the death and resurrection of Christ itself. So, very important. It's important not because Jesus fed 5,000 people uh, with you know five loaves and two fishes, it's important because Jesus shows himself to be the one who was promised, the fulfillment of the Old Testament, the coming of the Messiah. And in this miracle, Jesus does prove that he can take care of us in this life and provide for us. It, it, that's true, and it's there, but it's not really the point. The point is that we look beyond this life and recognize Jesus as the solution, not to our earthly problems, but to our heavenly problems, our spiritual problems. And that's really what Jesus is getting at. We're going we're gonna to see that over and over again in this uh, miracle. Uh, it's not about providing for our life in this earth. Jesus can do that. And he could have done that without the miracle. He does it every day without the miracle. If we want to know that Jesus can provide for us, all we have to do is look back in our life. Uh, he could have made sure that bread was there waiting for them. He could have done it a thousand different ways without doing anything supernatural uh, for the 5,000 for, for 5, people. But that's not the point. The point is that Jesus is the solution to our spiritual problems. We're going to see how Jesus brings that out in this miracle over and over again. There is a song, I don't, I don't know if I've shared with you before, there's a uh, Johnny Cash song, uh, He Turned the Water into Wine, if you've never heard of it before. And he talks about some of Jesus' miracles, and he includes the feeding of the 5,000 in that. I'll include a link to it in the email I send you, uh, a link to the YouTube video. It's a, you know, something fun if you want to play it for the kids. It's kind of cool. But let's uh, get into our our, our account here. After these things, Jesus went over the Sea of Galilee, which is the Sea of Tiberias. Then a great multitude followed him, because they saw his signs which he performed on those who were diseased. And Jesus went up on the mountain, and there he sat with his disciple, his disciples. Now the Passover, a feast of the Jews, was near. Then Jesus lifted up his eyes, and seeing a great multitude coming toward him, he said to Philip, Where shall we buy bread that these may eat? But he said to test him, for he himself knew what he would do. And Philip answered him, Two hundred denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may have a little. And one of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a lad here with five barley loaves and two small fish. But what are they among so many? So if you look back at Numbers chapter 11, you're going to see Moses saying almost the same thing to God. Now Moses had a lot more people he needed to feed. It wasn't just 5,000 men. Uh, 5,000 men, by the way, in this account. So, you know, if you assume one, the same amount of women and the same amount of children, you're up to 15,000, but there may have been many more than that. 
But anyway, five thousand. Moses had a lot more than five thousand uh, men to to feed. He had uh, almost sixty thousand men, not including the women and the children. But the number of people doesn't matter. And the point is, in both cases, you have uh, prophets, you have uh, disciples of the Lord, you have Moses, and here you have Philip and, and Andrew, and uh, they have a problem. How are we going to feed these people? And they can't find a solution. And the reason that they can't find a solution is because they're looking for an earthly solution, right? They're like, well, we could go buy bread, but we don't have enough money. And even if we have, have enough money, where would we go? Who's, who's going to have enough, you know, what store nearby is going to have enough loaves of bread for 5,000 people? That It's not going to happen. Uh, so there is no earthly solution. And that's part of the point of this miracle. There is no earthly solution. They need a heavenly solution, but they haven't learned to trust Jesus. They don't look to Jesus the way they should, neither Moses nor uh, Andrew and Philip. And Moses says almost the exact same thing to God as Andrew and Philip says, where, where am I going to get meat for all these people? Uh, but the Lord uh, responds both to Moses and to Philip and Andrew, uh, I have the solution. And so we're going to see that. And that's, uh, you know, what you see here too, Jesus knew what he was going to do, right? He asked them this, not be, he asked this, he asked them this to test them. He himself knew what he would do. So it's not as if Jesus was preaching to these people all day and all of a sudden, oh, my mistake. We didn't prepare. Uh, we, we don't have bread to feed all these people. Now, now we're in a jam. What are we going to do? That's not what's going on. Jesus planned this out. He knew what was going to happen. He knew what he was going to do uh, from the beginning. The whole purpose of the pair, the whole purpose of the miracle, is really to be a object lesson for the people. He's been teaching them all day, and he wants to drive home the point that he has the solution to their problem—not their problem for earthly food, but their problem for spiritual food. And so, it's a the the point of the miracle is to be a object lesson, a physical parable, if you will, to drive home and to teach them uh, the very point he'd been trying to get through to them uh, all day long in his teaching. Uh, we continue verse uh, 10. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there was much grass in that place. So the men sat down in number about 5,000. And notice the Passover was near, uh, so that means it was in the spring. Uh, so, you know, the Passover was the first full moon after, uh, you know, the beginning of spring. So we're in spring, and that's shown again here because, well, there's much grass in the place. So, so things are green and growing as the spring of the year. It doesn't matter that much, but that's the time of year we're in. And Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to the disciples, and the disciples to those sitting down, and likewise, likewise to the fish, as much as they wanted. So then, when they were filled, he said to the disciples, Gather up the fragments that remains, so that nothing is lost. Therefore they gathered them up and filled twelve baskets with the fragments of the five barley loaves, which were left over by those who had eaten. Then those men, when they had seen the sign that Jesus did, said, This is truly the prophet who is to come into the world. So if we compare what happened here in John 6, uh, verse 11, uh, to Luke 22, verse 19, uh, you're going to see a very... A very important comparison uh, in both cases of course in both cases of course we have bread involved and the giving of thanks 
Uh, Luke 2, or sorry, Luke 22, uh, 19. I don't know if I, that's what I said before. That's what I should have said. Luke 22, 19. And he took bread, gave thanks, and broke it, and gave it to them, saying, This is my body, which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Did Jesus mean the feeding of the 5,000 to be a foreshadowing of his supper? Now, that's a question that has been hotly debated in the Christian church since the time of the apostles. It certainly seems likely. There's a, a very direct comparison there. Uh, he blessed it, he broke it, and he distributed it. And almost word for word similar. Even if it wasn't Jesus' intention to make that connection, there clearly is a connection there. Uh, the Remember, the purpose of the miracle is to drive home to the people that they need a heavenly solution, not an earthly one, and that he is this heavenly solution. Later on in John chapter 6, Jesus is going to make the point, I am the bread of life. It is through me that you receive the forgiveness of sins and not life in this earth, but life in that which is to come. So when you combine the similarities of Luke chapter 22 verse 19 with John 6 11 and the other accounts of the feeding of the 5,000 and when you add to that Jesus's own words concerning this miracle uh, later on in this very chapter he's gonna say I am the bread of life it's it's hard to deny the the correlation and so it drives home the point again what is Jesus doing in this miracle he's trying to teach them to look beyond filling their earthly stomachs to the more serious problem of sin and spiritual life and to recognize in him the solution to problems that uh, the spiritual hunger the one that they cannot fix themselves now you notice what happens at the end then those men when they had seen the sign that jesus did said this is truly the prophet who is termed of the world this is part of the purpose of the miracle is that Jesus wants them to see the sign and believe in him. And to some extent they do. They see the sign and they correctly connect it to Moses. Uh, that's one of the things we sometimes miss about this miracle as well. Jesus is very purposely making a connection to Moses. He did this miracle to show to the people of Israel that he is the new Moses, the prophet whom Moses prophesied would come, the one greater than Moses. As Moses gave you manna in the wilderness, and, and you read chapter, read all of chapter 6 uh, in preparation for, for Sunday school lesson this week, because Jesus makes this point himself. And he points out that, well, Moses gave you manna, not that it was from Moses, it was actually God, it was actually the Father who gave you manna in the wilderness, but he, he gave it through Moses. Now, I have given you bread, uh, so you should recognize in that sign the fulfillment of the prophecies. And it brings us back to our, our major point here. If all that Jesus was wanted to do was to fill their stomachs, he could have done that without the miracle. The purpose of the miracle was to drive home the point that he was the Messiah who had come to fulfill all the prophecies of the Old Testament uh, to be the new Moses. And so the people, they get this to some extent because they said, look, look, is, this must be the prophet who was prophesied. They understand uh, what's going on here, that Jesus is making a direct connection between himself and Moses. Uh, they understand the connection between what Jesus did this day and the manna in the wilderness. And so they correctly connect him to that prophet. But 
They fail to understand the importance of that prophet, right? They Again, they see, uh, they look for a bread king, one who would lead them against the Romans, one who would fill their bellies, one who would provide peace and prosperity on this earth. So, in one sense, they understand the connection, but in another sense, they miss it completely. And of course, all the prophecies of the Old Testament are not leading us to see Jesus as a solution to the problems of this earth, but as a solution to uh, the problems of the world to come, a solution for our souls and our spirit. You can compare uh, Deuteronomy 18, 15 to 19. There, of course, is the, the prophecy uh, from Moses himself that a prophet that God would raise up to the people a prophet like unto him from among their brethren and he is one that they should listen to for he will come with the words of life and so Moses himself is calling the people to look for something greater something better a prophet who would come and not just lead them in in revolt against the Egyptians and freedom uh, from the Egyptians but one who would come to free them from their sin. So, you know, law and gospel here, well, what is the point that Jesus is trying to make with this miracle? Uh, number one, that he is the one promised, that he is the one greater than Moses. And number two, I am the bread of life. Of course, in John, we have those I am statements of Jesus. And, and we have one of them here at the end of chapter six. I am the bread of life. I am the one who sustains and gives life, not just earthly life, but heavenly life as well. Uh, Moses gave them bread that they needed to eat while they were in the wilderness. Jesus gives them much more than that. Not what they need for this life, but that which is to come. A lot of times we look to God to solve the problems we have in this life, to fill our tummies, to fill our desires, and when our desires have been filled, we have a tendency to forget about God. Um, we have a tendency to pray and call upon him when we're in trouble in this world, but if everything's going well and we're not hungry and our, our bellies are filled and we have everything we need for this life, we have a tendency to forget about him. God wants us to look beyond the things of this life and look to him for the solution to our sin. If we only follow Jesus, like the like the Jews here, if we only follow Jesus looking for the food of this world, we're very quickly going to fall away. He is the food from heaven. John 6 26 to 29 the good a good section to make sure you read jesus answered them and said most surely i say to you you seek me not because you saw the signs but because you ate of the loaves and were filled do not labor for the food which perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the son of man will give you because god the father has set his seal on him so the whole purpose, not only of this miracle, but of all of Jesus' miracles, is to prove that he is the Christ, the Son of the living God. That's the purpose, and to draw our attention to what he can do for us in that life which is to come. And that's the purpose of this one as well, uh, that we look to him, not for our earthly needs, but for our spiritual needs, the forgiveness of sins. So certainly, to be sure, this miracle proves that God can take care of us in this life, no doubt about that. That's not the main point. The main point is that we 
we have a problem. And we often look for the solution to that problem in earthly means. How can we solve our sin? In fact, in the you know 19th and or, yeah, the end of the 19th, 20th, and most of the 21st century. Sorry. Um, I said that wrong. The 19th and most of the 20th century, all right, so before, uh, for the 19th and most of the 20th century, man has been looking to for an earthly solution to the problem of sin, hasn't he? he, he we, we think that by with math and science, we can solve the problems of this earth. And we have the, the branches of so-called science, psychology, um, psychology, and um sociology are all concerned with well let's apply math and science to the problems of human beings and it they don't work it doesn't solve the problem and they help a little bit uh, psychology and psychology can can be a, a little bit helpful but they don't really solve the problem because the problem isn't an earthly problem it's a heavenly problem and that's the point of the parable here don't look for earthly solutions to heavenly problems look to jesus who can fulfill what we cannot he is the bread of life